this morning we are continuing our sermon series on growth so last week we spoke about the fourth life cycle stage of a plant called let me come again last week we spoke about the fourth life cycle stage of a plant called budding okay you're all here so we consider all the six life cycle stages of the planned growth and we allow those stages to guide us through this sermon so if you can have the first slide so as you see in the picture any planned growth has six life cycle stages number one number one number one number two number two number three don't you have that in the screen no We don't have that in the screen okay probably I didn't put that okay that's fine so let's let's go ahead in fact you know I, I was basically maybe I was checking that whether they know it I don't want to put that on the screen maybe right so don't get that on the screen now let's go number one it's up there now okay number one Wow number two number three number four number five number six okay you are all good so hopefully you're all getting ready for the quiz right so right so each stage represents a life cycle stage of planned growth now staying in one maturity level doesn't guarantee growth it simply means that when you are staying in one maturity level one life cycle stage if you see a plan and that plan seems to be in the budding stage forever what do you want to do with that plan Every day morning you will come and see the, the, the flower is still a bud. Every day it's a bud. Last one month it is a bud. You know some of our lives are like this. Every day it is a bud. There is no growth. There is no change. We come every Sunday morning and we wipe away that same chair and we sit in the same chair and we get up and go. And there is no change. If that is what is our life, and God expects us to grow and so that we can go to the next level. So making use of all the available resources, the plan to grow, grows to the next stage of the life cycle. So today we are going to talk about the fifth life cycle stage called flower. Fifth life cycle stage called flower or flowering. So this morning I would like to title my sermon as growth flower. Can you say that with me? Growth flower the flowering stage is when the plant produces beautiful blossoms beautiful flowers you know many times we come to a realization that the plant is alive just only when we see the blossom when we when we see the beautiful flower so once the flower has fully opened transition from the budding stage to the flowering stage it is ready for pollination it is ready for reproduction so pollination happens when pollinators you know some of the terms i had introduced this morning in order to for us to go further you know pollinators pollinators name you know called are pollinators such as bees uh, butterflies birds some bugs and wind they transfer pollen from the stamens the male part of the flower to pistils the female part of the flower 
either to the same flower or to the another flower of the same breed and that's where the pollination happens and eventually that leads for two fertilization and further it leads to seeding you know this is the process this morning we want to talk about fertilization results in the development of seeds you remember where we started we started in the germination phase and we moved further one after the other and right now we are in the pollination or the flowering phase so if we put the next slide here we see if the can you read with me if the germination phase is all about what awakening and if seedling is all about foundation and leafy growth is all about exploration and budding is all about transformation flower or flowering is all about realization can you say realization that's where things have come true things have come into existence we are able to see a flower we are able to realize the plant is growing flowers attract all of us in fact when you allow allow a little child to go near the flower what the child will do hello what the child will do pluck it and smell it sometime and play with it you know the child likes anyone everybody likes flowers so flowers are you know they have an ability to attract because of their color because of their fragrance because of their size and because of their shape so color and scent attracts flowers I attract especially the pollinators towards the flower and bees and butterflies that eventually you know they result in reproduction they help in reproduction and multiplication we can draw so many spiritual parallel as we think about flower and the existence and the usefulness of flower of the flower in the plant life cycle growth life cycle this morning now i need to narrow it down to four different lessons that we are going to learn from the flowering stage of plant growth life cycle the first lesson flower can teach us this is number one it says focus on growth can you say that with me focus on growth number one focus on focus on growth if you go and ask a flower how did he get to this stage the flower has only one thing to tell me what it says focus on growth focus on growth you know the remember the plant did not come the plant did not become a flowering plant overnight not just overnight all through its life right from germination seedling leafy growth and budding you know the flower the plant was focusing on growth that's the only thing that the flower had to do how to remain in that stage how to remain in that stage and grow so that i can go to the next stage there was only one thing that flower was the, the plant was focusing throughout its life cycle is growth is growth you know god wants us to give growth the highest priority if we are looking for a better future if you are looking for something new to happen something good to happen we must grow today 
can put the next slide. John C. Maxwell says, can you read with me? Growth is the only guarantee that tomorrow is going to get better. Growth is the only guarantee that tomorrow is going to get better. Now, being in the same state without doing anything to grow is not going to help us. Growth is the only guarantee that tomorrow something is going to get better. In fact, Jesus spoke a parable, if you remember, a kingdom parable known as the parable of the mustard seed. If you can come with me to Luke chapter 13, verses 18 through 19. Can you read with me? Then Jesus said, what is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? It shall, it is like a, what? It is like a mustard seed. How, how seed, how tiny the mustard seed is. Can you show me? Can you show me how tiny the mustard seed is? Just this much? So little, so little, so tiny, right? So that it's, you know, Jesus is comparing the kingdom of God to the mustard seed and which a man took and put it in the ground, put it in his garden. And it grew and became a large tree and the birds of the air nested in its branches. A seed of the size of a mustard seed is taken and put in the ground and then the seed doesn't remain just like that. The seed, what it does? It grows. The seed grows. Because the seed knew very well that as Jesus was speaking this parable, that if I grow only, I can become better. If I grow only, I can become better, bigger. You know, we tell the children, right? Most of the time we tell, tell our kids, you need to eat more. You need to eat what? You need to eat good. So that you can, as, you can become as tall as your dad. We'll, say, we'll never say mom, right? Do you ever say as tall as mom? No. Do you? Sometime, maybe. Right? So we'll, we'll, we'll tell the child, you need to do something to become bigger and to become, I mean, that same thing is applicable to all of us. We need to do something today so that, you know, our tomorrow can become better. And Jesus was uh, giving this as an example. You take a mustard seed, which a man took and put it in the garden, and that seed grew. And when the seed grew, you know, if you ask the mustard seed, what are you doing in the ground? The seed is going to tell me, I'm focusing on growth. It's all about growth. I don't want to do anything else. I know that, you know, one day I will become a tree. But the mustard seed was not sitting and dreaming about that day that when that mustard seed can become a tree. You know, today many of us are doing it, actually. We just sit and not doing anything, and we dream about those things. We dream about million dollars coming in our business. If we don't start your business, when are you going to get that million dollar? If you go, don't go to higher studies, when are you going to get promoted? If you don't do something in your life, you cannot expect something better to happen in your life. The seed was all that it was doing is I am focusing on growth. Just leave me alone. I am focusing on growth. I am doing something which is important for my future. I am learning that is something important for my future. I'm practicing today so that I can perform better in, the, in, the, in, my, in my game. You know, I can do something in the coming days so that I'm just getting ready. I'm growing day by day. And when that happened, you see, the tree is able to give shelter to the birds. You know, we have a desire that we want to be a blessing for somebody. We have a desire inside of us. We want to be a blessing for some people around us. But unless we are blessed, we cannot bless others. 
If we don't have anything to give, what do we give to others? If we don't have any word to say, what do we say to others? You know, God expects us to grow so that we can grow others. God wants us to, you know, us to get blessed so that we can become a blessing. And look at this tree. This tree has grown enough. And the tree is able to give shelter to the birds. This tree is able to give shelter to the birds. No, we all need to come up in our lives. It's not enough what we do. The income that you get is not enough. The way you are trying to manage everything in your family, paycheck by paycheck, is not enough. We need to do something better. We need to do something better so that we can be a blessing for others today. You know, God wants us to be a blessing for others. This small mustard seed, as it was focusing on the growth, eventually it has become a blessing for many. The same thing has to happen in our lives. Today's growth will yield tomorrow. Today's growth will yield tomorrow. If you can put the next slide, focus on growth now to blossom later. And what are the areas we need to focus? Number one, we need to be patient. Growth takes time. We can't put the seed today and we expect a flower next day. Growth takes time. Second thing is what we need to do. We need to invest in our future. We need to invest money. We need to invest our time. We need to invest all the effort for future growth. If we don't do it, we cannot expect a growth. God can do miracles. Certainly God can do miracles. But if you don't take, give your hand for God to help. You know, we always say that somebody who has fallen in a pit, probably you can reach out to him and give your hand and take him out of the pit. But somebody who is sitting in a chair, you can't lift him. You know, unless we cooperate, God cannot do anything. Third thing is what? Be consistent. Growth requires us to be disciplined. Growth requires us to be disciplined in every area of our lives. Our personal area, our social, our private area, you know, every area of our lives we want to bring discipline so that we can be, be persistent. Focus on one thing and I try to achieve that. You know, we have seen people putting their hands everywhere. So there's a saying, right? Just forgot the saying. You, what does it say? Yeah, somebody remember, help me here. Yeah, thank you. That's what I, I'm. Somebody is a jack of all trades, but a master of nothing. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So you know, we put our hands everywhere, but you know, for growth to happen, focus on one area. It's time we need to find out, you know, where we want to grow, which direction we want to grow. It is very, very important. And finally, it says, be optimistic, have hope, and trust in God. Put all your effort, do all these things, and finally trust in God. You know, children, get ready for the exam. That's a good example. You help them to study, and then say that, no, 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 no. In Sunday school, my teacher told, you know, God can do a miracle. I heard a testimony. Somebody went to church, somebody went to an exam hall without studying, and God kept on pouring everything so that they could put everything in the, in the paper. God can do miracles. 
You know, we all listen to, a, listen, to a, listen to a testimony, right? Somebody just came and sat on the piano and just started playing, you know, God gave everything, it was a miracle. So I'm just waiting for that miracle. I don't, go to, I don't want to go to music school, I don't want to learn music, but I believe that God will do a miracle. So we need to do our part first and then be optimistic, be hopeful, and trust for God. To do a miracle so that the final exam day you may not fall sick. You need God there. When you go for the exam, you may not crash into somebody and hit yourself. And instead of going to the exam hall, you'll go to emergency. You need God's help there. You need to trust God certainly. But God wants us to first lesson the lesson the, the flower is teaching to us is what? Focus on growth. Are you with me? Let's move further. Forget those stories. Just don't dwell on those stories that I said. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on. Come with me. Number two, embrace your current situation. The second lesson Flower is teaching to us is what? Embrace your current situation. There's a saying called bloom where you are planted. Bloom where you are planted. Have you seen plants bloom everywhere, wherever they are taken into? It doesn't matter. The seed was put in Halifax probably, but you're taking the plant to Africa, maybe one of the African countries. And even if you take there and plant that, the plant will try all its best to bring out at least one flower, even though that doesn't look like a flower. It still tried to bring one flower. The plant embraces its current situation. You know, someone who is blooming looks actively healthy and looks, you know, looks so many things are happening in his life or her life with full of energy. Is working in their current situation. Listen to me carefully. You know, plants bloom wherever you are putting it. God wants us to make sure that we use all the available resources that are given to us to bloom. You know, many times we don't get what we want in life. Have anyone got what you wanted in life here? Can you stay, sit the person who are sitting, who is sitting next to you and tell? Have you got what you wanted in life? May not be. May not be. We didn't get all the things that we wanted in life. But it's okay. Why don't you bloom with what you have? Why don't you bloom with what you have? You know, we are not like others. Others are so blessed. I'm not like somebody. I have not received a blessing in my life yet. But that's okay. Why don't you bloom? In whatever situation, whatever situation you are in today, your situation doesn't allow you to get over itself. You know, we are just going back to the same thing over and over again. But that's okay. Why don't you just bloom in the situation that God has put you in? You know, this morning I want you to think with me. Your life is so limited. You are limited by your surroundings. You are unable to do anything more than what you want to do in life, but it is okay. Why don't you just bloom in the situation that you are in flowers? Plant, they bloom wherever they are planted. 
wherever they are planted. Today we may not have freedom. We may not have enough wealth. We may not have enough health. But why don't you bloom in the situation that is given to you? That's the second lesson that flower is teaching me. Embrace your current situation. So in order to bloom in the situation where we are, with all the limitations, with all the things that we don't feel like doing anything in our lives, are you listening to me? Are you taking notes? Are you chatting with somebody? Either one of this, right? So listen to me this morning. Listen to me here. It's very important. God wants us to bloom in the situation that God has put us in. It's very important that we need to grab hold of the situation and we need to bloom. Something has to change in that situation. I believe what has to change is our attitude. Can you say attitude? Our attitude has to change. If you can put the next slide. How to embrace the current situations. I'm just giving some of my thoughts. Probably this is what we can do. We need to see what is given for us. We need to see what is in our hands instead of seeing what is somebody else is having in their hands. There are many things God has given in our hands, but we tend to see what others are holding in their hands. I mean, yesterday evening we had a potluck, right? So here, we all go with a plate to get food, and, but our eyes are where? In others' plate. I mean, I'm saying it because I did that. You want to see what others are taking? Two ways. Either that must be something really good, that's why others are taking. Or, oh my God, he has taken it now. Whether I'm not sure whether I have enough or not. Can be either one of this. But God wants us to see what is in our hands. There are so much we have in our hands. How do we embrace the current situation and still grow? Number one, see what is given in our hands. Number two, what we should do? We need to realize that same time and the same circumstance never comes again. Never comes again. Always I remember when I take photographs, I take a lot of photographs, I take a lot of photographs and delete a lot of photographs. And whenever I take photograph, one thing comes in my mind is, I will never in my life get this same instance at the same time. Even if I make another click, fraction of a second is lost already. So every moment is captured wherever you go, don't forget to take pictures, okay? Take a lot of pictures and post all the pictures. What is the point in keeping? You keeping and looking at all the pictures. Just post all the pictures so that others can be blessed. Others can see. So we can never recreate that moment in our lives. That's how our lives are. That's just lost. That moment is gone. We can never bring that picture again, never bring that background again. Even we can never bring that same status in again in our lives. So we need to change our attitude to realize what I have right now and what is my current circumstance. Number three, we need to think about those who don't have even what I have. We need to think about those who do not have this at all. They don't have all the blessings that I have today. I don't have any reason to complain. God has blessed me with everything. God has blessed me with everything. 
And number four, there are few things we cannot change. There are few things we cannot change. Listen to me. We cannot change our look. No matter how many times you look in the mirror, you look the what? The same. You cannot change your skin color. It's not going to happen. We cannot change our structure. We cannot change our size. Probably if you do some workouts, it may happen. And mostly it will not happen because you are not going to do it. We cannot change our genetics. We cannot change our generational characters. They are the facts of life. That's how it is going to be. We try many things. We try many things. Example. I'll give you some example. How do we apply attitude here? You know, when we look at our face in the mirror, it's awful actually. Nobody would like to see us. Nobody would like to see us. It's so awful. But how can you change it? Why don't you just bring a smile in that face? It'll change the whole thing. It'll change the whole thing. You know, nowadays I'm learning how to smile. Anybody is learning how to smile? Yes? Yes? You better learn. You better learn, okay? You better learn. <clears throat> Another example I will give you. Our skin color is so dark and so rough. Many of us have complaints about it. I have complaints too. Many of us have complained skin color is so rough and so dark. And you know, we need to change something. We need to do, do what? We need to regularly go to Bath and Body Works. Right? Not when they have offer. Not when they have, you know, buy three and buy three. I mean, right now it's going on. Buy three and buy three. You know, some of those products actually. So, so, so we, we cannot actually wait for that to happen. Every month make it a point that you go to Bath and Body Works. Okay? I'm going to get some commission now. So. Change your attitude. We can do something better actually with what God has given to us. In every area, I just want you to take these examples and apply it. We will be so blessed. We will be so blessed. Number five, don't focus on your weaknesses. Instead, focus on your strength. <clears throat> it's true that, you know, we cannot do many things in our lives. It's true that, you know, we are not blessed with somebody else. It's like somebody else. But we are so strong in some of those areas. Why don't you apply your strength in those areas? Don't focus on your weaknesses. We are talking about embracing our current situation. Now we'll seek, we'll come to the scripture and find out what scripture says. Remember, one God has taken children of Israel as captivities. You know, I said God has taken because God has allowed that to happen. They were taken by Nebuchadnezzar into Babylon. You remember the story? And even when they were taken into Babylon, God wanted them to bloom, even in that situation. Even with their circumstances, you know, God was asking them to embrace the current situation. Can you read it from Jeremiah chapter 29? Can we go to that chapter? Jeremiah 29, verses 4 through 7. Can you read it? Can you just start reading? <clears throat> yeah. And he says, God says in verse 5, what does it say? He says... Build houses where? In Babylon. In Babylon, God is saying that it is true that God, you know, Nebuchadnezzar has taken you as captives, but do one thing, you know, what do you do? You build <coughs> houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. Make use of your circumstances. 
grow even in your adverse situation. Build houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives and beget sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters that you may be increased. What? There. Even in Babylon. You know, God wants us to grow. Even in our adverse situation, God wants us to grow. Can you continue reading? That you may be increased there and not diminish. Verse 7. Verse 7. And seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away, captured, and pray to the Lord for it. For in its, in its peace, you will have peace. You know, God has brought us, all of us, to this nation. Not to worry about what we don't have, but to think about what God has given in our hands and build houses. You know, whatever God is blessing you with, move forward because you remember this is the life that we are living. We will not get another life to live. This is the only life that God has given us to live in those days. Even when slaves were there, in those days, you know, when Jesus was ministering, there were slaves. When Paul was ministering, there were slaves were there. Word of God says, even you can bloom, even if you are a slave. Shall we get to the next scripture? 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 20 to 24. Can you read with me? 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 20. Can you restart? Let each one remain in the same calling in which he was called. You remember, somebody was called a slave in those days, you know. It's not promoting slavery, but, you know, that was the practice in those days. Some were masters, and, you know, and Paul is writing, let, because both of them were at the church. Slaves were at the church, and the masters were at the church. Paul was teaching them, let each one remain in the same calling in which he was called. Verse 21, were you called while a slave? Do not be concerned about it. What does it mean? Even if you're called to be a slave... You can still bloom. You can still blossom. You can still come up in that situation. Keep reading. Keep reading. But if you can be made free, rather use it. It says that don't try to be in the slavery. If there is an opportunity to get out of the slavery, just get out of it. Just get out of it. Don't get stuck in the slavery. But if you happen to be in slavery, make use of the opportunity. You know, God has blessed us with so many blessings in our lives. In whatever situation we are in, we can still bloom like a flower. Even the surrounding is dry. Even the surrounding is hard. Still we can bloom like a, flower, like a plant that will grow and it grow, gives out its blossoms. As I said, if not hundred flowers, at least one flower. At least one flower. You know, this morning God is telling us, God wants us to grow with the surroundings, with the current situation that we are in. Number three, the third lesson, the flower is teaching us this, this. It says, encourage symbiotic relationship. Can you just say that with me? Encourage symbiotic relationship. I'll just explain that in a moment for you. Symbiotic, that simply means it is an interaction between two living organisms they are living in close association. What does it mean? It's not very hard. What does symbiotic mean? Hello? Two living organisms 
living in close proximity and there is an interaction between them. That's what is symbiotic. There are a couple of different symbiotic relationships. We talk about the mutualism. Mutualism is one of the symbiotic relationships that we want to talk about a little bit today morning. Mutualism is a mutual benefit that two different organisms will get from each other. You know where I'm going, right? Mutual benefits that they get. In mutualism, two different species, they interact with each other and both are benefited. That's what is mutualism. It's a mutually beneficial relationship. That's what I'm talking about. In a biblical context, not in a worldly context, okay? Just don't go there. Just I'm talking about a biblical context, a mutual beneficial relationship. If you can put the next slide. Flowers provide what is known as nectar. Nectar is nothing but the sweetest syrup, the sugary syrup that flowers provide. Honey or you know whatever we call it. That's what is nectar. So it gives that as a food eh, for pollinators like bees and butterflies. So in that process, pollinators, you know, they transfer the pollen from the, you know, from the flower, from the flower's reproductive organ, either to the same flower or to the another flower of the same species. You see the flower is getting benefited and the pollinators like bees and butterflies, they are getting benefited. Bible talks about symbiotic relationships. Bible talks about mutualistic relationships. We are just going to go there in a moment. Let, let, let's, I think let's go there. Paul is able to talk about this. Paul is able to in fact humble his life to a lower level that he is able to experience and enjoy this mutual, a mutualistic or symbiotic relationship. Can you read with me Romans chapter 1 verses 11 and 12? We are talking about the flowers, you know, how they fertilize. In the same way, God expects us to have this kind of relationship. Can you read the scripture? For a long, I long to see you. Paul is saying that I may impact to you some, sorry, impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established. That is, next scripture. Now that is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith both of you and me paul is saying i may impart some spiritual gift to you paul is a giver there and he's talking to the people there i want to share the time of fellowship with you so that i may be encouraged in faith do you understand that do you understand that i mean this is precious actually this is very important paul is saying such a great man of God, such a man of God with a great revolution, and he is saying that I may lay my hands on you and pray for you and impart some spiritual gifts, but I need encouragement too in my spirit. So I may share your faith so that I can get encouraged. So I'll give you a, better, you know, I'll give you a good or bad example. You know, I cannot say that, you know, I'm a pastor, right? Holy and pure, touch me not. Don't come near to me because I'm a servant of God. I'm having so much of anointing on me, you know, don't touch me, okay? But if I say that, and on the other hand, I say that, you know, I love spending time with you all. I love to talk with you. I love to fight with you. You know, I, I, I do fight with some of you, right? So I, do, I like fighting with you. I like talking to you, especially with the little children. I want to just play with you. 
And on the other day, we, were, we just could go out. Actually, we went out, and then I was just telling that family, you know, they were thanking me for taking me out. I was just telling them, you know what? I was so refreshed, actually. So mutual symbiotic relationship is what Bible is asking us to follow. Paul is able to humble himself to that level of the believers and say that, can you share your faith a little bit? You know, when somebody shares the testimony, that encourages us, that speaks to us, that helps us. Mutually we get benefited. I mean, that's what is supposed to happen inside the church. Mutually we should be able to support one another. Mutually we should be able to encourage one another. Let's take another example when Paul talks about unity and spiritual gifts. Let's talk about that a little bit. Paul is talking about unity and spiritual gifts. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 15 and 16. Can you read with me? Paul says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. Verse 6. From whom? The whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Paul is talking about the church and he is giving an analogy of our human body. How every body is connected, every member of the body is connected together. For what? For the symbiotic relationship, for the mutual beneficial relationship. You know, Flower is teaching us so many spiritual gifts, of spiritual, you know, uh, uh, devotions. How important our getting together, coming together. The writer of Hebrews writes in chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. It's a very beautiful scripture, important scripture. Can you read with me? Next scripture, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Can you read with me? And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works let us consider one another when the church gets over listen to me listen to me carefully let's not just run out let us consider one another those who are human beings will consider one another we will meet somebody we will shake hands with somebody and encourage somebody just listen to somebody but that doesn't mean that you'll stay don't stay here after one o'clock okay So it's very important that we have this fellowship. I think there is one more scripture, 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, by, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. God wants us to support one another, encourage one another. There are many scriptures. Let's, let's move further. One more scripture, Romans chapter 12, verse 16. Can you read it with me? Be of the same mind towards one another. I mean, this is very, very hard actually. But Paul is saying in a church like this, be of the same mind. If you don't have the same mind, who will come inside? Listen, listen, let that go, let that go. Who will come inside? If we have the same mind, if you are not of the same mind, who will come? Satan will come. And we don't want to give room to Satan. And so then what should we do? Be of the same mind together toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. 
You know, word of God is teaching us and try to identify with the humble. Do not expect too much. I mean, this is one of the problems that you know, I struggle with. I mean, all of us have our own problems. Right? This is one of my problems. At times I expect too much. And when that doesn't happen, I become upset. And God is telling us, Paul is writing here, be of the same mind towards one another. I mean, that doesn't mean that we should not expect somebody to become better. Yes, we need to expect somebody to become better. But we should be able to attach, associate with them and try to understand. We are talking about the lesson that is teaching, the flower is teaching to us that we need to have that kind of mutual relationship with one another. Number four, final one. The fourth lesson flower is teaching us is helping us, teaching us to appreciate the diversity. Can you say that with me? Appreciate diversity. The diversity of flowers in the plant kingdom is really astonishing. Flowers are so incredible because of their shape, because of their size, because of their color, because of their fragrance. You know, there are so many things we can talk about. If you can put the next slide, we see so many varieties of plants and flowers. Flowers teach us to appreciate diversity. There are different types of flowers. Each flower type has its own unique characteristics. Each flower type, you know, we like some of those flower, flower types, you know, some of them that can be named including daisies and roses and lilies and orchids and sunflower, tulips, you know, there are so many flowers we can talk about. They are all of different types. Can you imagine the whole world is filled with just only one flower? Only one type of flower, how boring it would be, right? How boring it would be. But God has amazingly made different types of flowers, different colors. They have a vast spectrum of colors. Some of them are red, some of them are pink, and some of them are orange, right? Some of them are really blue and white. Some of them are black. Some of them are fluorescent colors. You know, so many colors. So many colors. You know, these colors, they are becoming visual cues for the pollinators. You know, each pollinator gets attracted by different colors. So they go to that plant, they go to the flower. You know how amazing it is. The shapes, they are simple, symmetrical shapes of flowers, but they are totally different. Shapeless flowers are very complex shaped flowers like orchids. Right? And what about fragrance? You know, some of the flowers, they are either sweetie, or they are spicy, or they are citrusy, or even they, some of the flowers have foul smell. You can't even go near the, that flower. But even that flower attracts some kind of pollinators. Can you imagine? Flowers really teach us the diversity that is required in flower kingdom. And this morning, you know, are we able to appreciate the diversity that we see among flowers? It is also known as biodiversity. This biodiversity is very important for the ecosystem. Why we can't have one type of plant? Because the ecosystem is not balanced if that is the case. Even if one plant, particular plant is extinguishing, it's not disappearing, it's disappearing from the face of this earth. It is going to affect the biodiversity or the ecosystem is going to be affected. You know, that is how God is delicately balancing all these things. In the same way, humans are diverse too. If you can put the next slide, humans are diverse too. 
There are many nations. There are many tribes. There are many people. There are many tongues. There are many colors. There are many races. There are many castes. Or there are many divisions. And there are many subdivisions. And there are so many you know, divisions. So many groups. Morning, the question that flower may ask us is, are you able to appreciate the diversity we see in the human kingdom? Are we able to appreciate the diversity that we see in the human kingdom? This diversity is very important to maintain the ecosystem in balance. Even this diversity, God had already thought of it. God had already thought of it. I usually say that diversity is the heart of God. Diversity is the heart of God. Multiculturalism was in the mind of God already. He already thought of it. He already thought about it. You know, the world is going through a tremendous shift nowadays. It is becoming every nook and corner of the world is becoming multicultural. People are everywhere. But I believe that God has already thought of it. Diversity is the, is the heart of God. Are you able to appreciate the diversity today we see around us? Are we able to appreciate the diversity? You know, when the Holy Spirit descended upon the initial believers, the 120 people in the upper room, you remember which chapter of the book talks about it? Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 talks about it. Even when that happened 2,600, whatever, 2,000 years before, when that happened, Bible records when they were in the upper room, they were all praying in tongues. That room was surrounded by people of different culture, people of diversity. Can you come with me? Acts chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. Listen to me, and you appreciate the diversity that we see today among human beings. Verse 8 says, And how is that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Who are all there? Parthians and the Medes and the Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya, adjoining Siren, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, verse 11, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own language, the wonderful works of God. Such a diverse people, even in Jerusalem. Diversity is the heart of God. Diversity is the heart of God. Remember, we are brought to this nation. When we are brought to this nation, we can never say that we don't like the people of this nation. We can never say that, you know, I don't like people, many people coming to this nation. You know, sometimes, you know, we feel that we came, we escaped from our nation to come to another nation, you know, so that we don't want to see our people that's what we think but that's not the heart of God that's not the heart of God you know we should develop a heart for people of different color people of different race people of different nationality people of different language we should develop that desire inside of us we need to go and meet them we need to go and talk to them you know yesterday we were so blessed you know Stella could bring her friends you know who speaks Chinese Mandarin you know so so that was awesome we need more. I mean, that's the only reason we are just not making this as a specific language church. We want everybody. We want all the nationalities. 
Even whether you say we want or we don't want, people are going to come. Amen? Can you hear an amen? People are going to come no matter what it is. Not only our church, every church that we see in the city today, every, people, every church, you know, we see all different kinds of people. But one thing that Flower tells me this morning is our God is a God of diversity. God is a God of diversity. Don't you think that heaven is multicultural? Don't you think that heaven is multilingual? Don't you think that heaven is multinational? Shall we read the scripture before we pray? Love Revelation chapter 7 verses 9 to 10. After these things I looked and behold a great multitude which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, crying out what? Crying out with a loud voice saying, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Every nationality is going to be together. You know, that day when we are standing together, we can't do this because we are in the presence of God. It's better to love everybody when we are here today. You know, you know what? And I just want to tell, tell this before we close. Children don't have any problems. Students, they don't have any problem. If you go to their university or you go to their schools, you know, there is already multicultural. And, you know, they respect each other. They, they consider each other. But the problem is with us. The problem is with us. We find it difficult. Because we are of the previous generation. We never got used to such things. But this morning, God is telling us, we need to diverse. We need to just widen our eyes to welcome everybody into your life, into your home. Do not restrict in your workplaces. Do not restrict, you know, wherever we go. Because that's the heart of God. That's the heart of God, and we want to do it. Shall we all arise this morning? Just want to summarize this morning. Number one, flowers tells me that we need to focus on growth. I'm just going to finish it soon, quickly. Number two, God wants us to embrace our current situation. Number three, we need to be we are encouraged for a symbiotic relationship, the mutually beneficial relationship. And God wants us to appreciate the diversity that we have around us. Shall we close our eyes?